the Jewish Divorce Project. Because marriage doesn't always work out and chicken soup doesn't always help. Gobble, gobble, shalom. Was that a Jewish turkey? That's a Jewish turkey. Yeah, gobble, gobble, shalom. That's what they say. Okay. How are your Thanksgiving Day plans looking? I am full on Canadian, so I don't accept your heretic religions. <laughs> <laughs> I just have a regular Thursday this week. Right. Okay. Good for you, actually. You know, yes. we're Canadians. We're not big into thanks. <laughs> You're big into politeness, though, so you don't have we're to. Just say polite. Thanks. We're not very thankful. Yeah, <laughs> we did Thanksgiving a month ago. Um, I never grew up with the. I don't know if it was I'm Canadian. I find that there are some Jews that are so into Thanksgiving that it became very traditional and um, very rooted in their family traditions, specifically post Holocaust. And some people really wanted to express their gratitude to America for taking them in. And Thanksgiving is almost a Jewish tradition in that sense. And then there are some Jews that just, we don't need that holiday. We have Shabbat. We have a meal every week with our family. We sit down. We give thanks to some extent. So it's always been interesting that it's one camp or the other. And Well, I'm um, not surprised. I mean, religiously speaking, giving thanks is a Jewish value. Gratitude is a form of prayer. We offer it in praise offer and celebration when we sing Hallel all the time. Thank you, God. Thank you. Say it you. every morning. Modani. That's that's right. It's the first thing you say. Absolutely. For just this life that you've been given. It's a very basic tenet of Jewish spiritual practice, but in the sense that it also offered opportunities to for acceptance. Yeah. In greater America. And, and, the, and the other part of Thanksgiving is the family time and the meal. And we do that every other every week, every night, um, every Friday night. There's no question. And we know how to celebrate kind of in the random midst of the year when there's nothing else going on, right? Because we do Passover like that all the time. It just kind of comes up and we do it. And and but we can throw those big meals because of that. And it's also, I think, it's one of those things that also allowed, let's see, our exterior Jewish identity without getting too far into it to really kind of fall into and dissolve into American whiteness. And again, we're not, we don't have to get too into that. It's not what we're talking about, but like being able to celebrate the American holidays that way, where it didn't feel like there was a conflict of religious values, say like maybe Christmas, uh, really offered Jews an opportunity to see themselves as fully fledged Americans. No question about it. I'm going to preface this with I'm Canadian and I'm not so well versed in American history, but isn't Thanksgiving somewhat of a conflicted holiday where absolutely a white oh, okay. atrocities against the Native American? <laughs> okay, people. you were making it sound like it was one peaceful holiday where there's no controversy. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> There's controversy behind it, but that doesn't mean that it still didn't offer an opportunity to pause and give thanks. I mean, the opportunity to be, you know, to, to practice gratitude is something we should all do at least once during the year. The history- so You mean the concept of gratitude action. didn't conflict with Jewish ideology? No, not at yeah. all. Not First, at all. Right. And, and, and look, so white society also wasn't as woke then as it is now, and it still has plenty more waking up to do. And Jewish American white society also wasn't as woke then as it is now and still needs plenty of other waking up to do. But again, 
regardless of the history and what Jews knew about, and I couldn't actually speak to what they actually knew about the real history of Thanksgiving in American society and American history, but it did offer a doorway to them into acceptance into greater American society for the post-Holocaust generation. Absolutely. And even prior did to you, that. Did you grow up with a big Thanksgiving family oh, tradition? We celebrated Thanksgiving, no question about it. No question about it. My bar mitzvah, my brother's bar mitzvah are also scheduled around Thanksgiving now that I think about it. Oh, right. Because it was a good time just for family to gather all at once, right? We're both November kids. So rather than have family come in, we're all in the tri-state area, so it's not such a big deal. But at the same time, if you're going to come in for celebration and it's November, let's just do it all during Thanksgiving. And even beyond that, when it wasn't B'nai Mitzvah season in our household, four kids, there's a B'nai Mitzvah season, you know, you uh, um, Thanksgiving was still really big. I mean, we did Shabbat. We did all the holidays. Thanksgiving got the turkey. It got all the fixings. There were times we had friends. There were definitely times we had family. There were times we went out of town to other friends or family as well. Yeah, it was observed. It's a Jewish holiday from that regard. When I teach conversion students, it's a Jewish holiday in that regard. I'm sure to teach them the history of it as well. But, you know, yeah, it's got Judaism written all over it. What do you think is the comparable Jewish holiday where the main theme is giving thanks and gratitude? You could easily attach giving thanks and gratitude to every single one of the Jewish holidays. There's no question about it. I mean, there's just opportunities for that because there are pauses during the regular flow of the year. And given the larger themes, whether it's you know Hanukkah, which isn't even biblical, but rededication, right? And redemption, you're you know thankful for what you have around you um Passover there's usually a, a main central theme to I, I would to say the holidays. I'd say closest would be Sukkot I agree closest would be Sukkot because it's fall right again we're taking in a harvest right we're thankful for the abundance that we've accumulated over the course of the summer right and now we see that things are changing that some things are dying off and it's a point in time at which we can reflect on all that we have absolutely yeah and Sukkot also does that whole thing where it minimizes um, you to the essential stuff, right? If you spend enough time in the Sukkah, you're like, I don't really need the big, beautiful house. It's great. It's nice. It makes me feel comfortable, but I don't really need it when I need other relationships around me. I mean, I think, I think that's an wise version. I think some people sit in the Sukkah and they think, I need, I grew up in Canada. Do you know how cold the Sukkah was? <laughs> I, grew up I don't think any of us were like, this is great. I don't need central heating. <laughs> I, that's not what I'm saying, but I'm suggesting. And there are certain people who sit in their sukkah and go, hey, I could use a flat screen TV in here. But I think that's the opposite of the point. Well, yeah, there's always an ideal, but it doesn't always translate. Is there some type of practice that you offer your clients, particularly at a young age, to uh, you know pick up gratitude? Oh, big, big time. Gratitude is one of the strongest indicators. A, a strong sense of gratitude is linked to a mental health, sense of well-being and um, satisfaction in life. So I, I'm a huge proponent of gratitude and I talk about it with my clients, especially with the children clients that I work with. And because the way that I frame it is that we have a, we are, um, developed human beings from our from ancestry from earlier on back in the day there's something called the negativity bias and when we were more programmed and developed around survival skills 
we had to notice the things that in the world that were scary, threatening, a uh, threat to our survival. We didn't have to remember how the flower smelled or how pretty the lake looked because it had no relevance to our survival. So we just stuck to where does the bear live? Where does the cliff end? You know, all of those, where does the enemy, you know, what, what corner is he going to be at? And we still have that programmed within us, this negativity bias that we actually scan our environments to look for negative things to keep us safe. And the practice of gratitude and consciously looking for things to be grateful for is an attempt to override the negativity bias so that we're not just looking for the negative. And it, it takes, I think there's like a one to five ratio or something like that, where we really have to override. We need a lot of things to be grateful to counteract the things that we see as negative. And I think that that's a big power game changer to reprogram your mind, to start looking for the things that you can be grateful for. I once got a hold of a book shortly after a friend died. I once got a hold of a book called um, Psychological Perspectives on Traditional Jewish Practices. That's a, very, that's a mouthful of a title. It's a mouthful of a title. It's a great book. I read the chapter on death, just like zip-dee-doo-dah. It was, it was fascinating to see kind of how they tied all the stages of grief within the Jewish tradition to natural stages of grief within general psychological condition. And... I'd be interested to know how, you know, what you're talking about in terms of overriding this negative thought process, right? This kind of downshifting in gear, right? How that also coincides with Judaism's calendar and it putting us in a position to think about gratitude on a regular basis and also the spiritual practice of gratitude and how that developed as a way of saying, thank you for just giving me this life. It's interesting that you bring it up. I was listening to another podcast yesterday. Um, Tim Ferriss was interviewing. You love uh, Tim Ferriss. You love, love Tim Ferriss. You love Tim Ferriss. He was interviewing Dan Harris. I wanted to make sure I wasn't confusing him with Sam Harris. So Dan Harris is the guy who wrote 10% Happier. He's famous for having a nervous breakdown on live TV. And after that, subsequently dove into meditation and more of a mindfulness approach and completely changed his life and and Tim Ferriss and they were talking about how the mindfulness movement grew in America and all the big um, spearheading people who brought it here from the east are all Jewish <laughs> and he's he actually joked he's like it sounds like a law firm like uh, <laughs> it does it's like Goldberg Salzburg and uh you know all, all these people who started the the the, the meditation uh, centers that we have here and, and then, but it was a legitimate question of, of why are Jews so attracted to this, what's called Jubu, you know, the, the Jewish Buddhist and these, these mindfulness approaches. And Dan's answer was that we have a propensity towards anxiety, where, you know, because there's this concept of persecution and, and we do have this propensity towards anxiety. And I, I think that's interesting to marry this, this approach towards gratitude and looking for things to be gra grateful for while also carrying this tradition of our past. We don't let things go easily. You know, even we're constantly retelling the story of persecution and that's what the holidays are about a lot as we don't want to forget. Let's retell the story. It's hard to let go of the anxiety that comes with that and how to combine that with an attitude of an attitude of gratitude. It reminds me of the there's a joke about like, what's the general content of a Jewish telegram, which is start worrying details to follow. <laughs> So we're just like, I, I like that though, how it's like brought over by Jews who are trying to maybe conquer their anxiety by, 
you know, yeah, tapping into that anxiety in some way or tapping into mindfulness and to conquer it. That's interesting. That's really interesting. (laughs) But the bigger question that we have is how do, how can we bring mind, how can we bring gratitude into our lives as divorced people? Can you Um, have gratitude for your ex? Can you have, well, yes. How can you have gratitude for your ex? Where do you stand with that? <laughs> Where do I stand with that? So when you proposed the question, I thought I thought it was a great question. It made me think of a piece of poetry that I've had in mind for a long time since this whole thing began. Uh, it's from Mary Oliver. And she says, someone I loved once gave me a box full of darkness. It took me years to understand that this too was a gift. Mm-hmm. And we'll share that with everyone so they can see that. I thought uh, that was gonna take a lot of time. Uh, I was going through a big period of darkness. There's no question about it. I tried to break that piece of poetry down in my head. Um, There's a lot of truth to it. I mean, I loved Tamar, she loved me. And then that changed, right? It's a different type of love. Um, And when it changed, there came a lot of darkness to that. I think love brings a lot of light into your life and when that changes in some way, there's a dimming. And depending on how it changes, yeah, you know, the, the level of light in the room drops as well. And I don't know how many years she's talking about. I'm sure there are people who think that I don't have enough years behind me yet. And I think it's fair to say though that, you know, even if I don't have the years behind me, I'm still capable of realizing that what I was given, even if it first felt like a box of darkness, is also a gift, really. It may not be wrapped the same way, right? But there are real beautiful parts to it and benefits to it. Um, And it's difficult to offer gratitude to that, to say thank you to that. I mean, what am I supposed to do? Show up with flowers and say, thank you for divorcing me? I don't think it works that way. I'd be interested in stories of exes that do that. I try to, you know, offer gratitude in the way I show up in my communication, you know, in the way I try to honor her, right, for the boys as well, um, the way I try to respect her as well. It feels, you know, though, like one of those gifts that's hard to see at first. There's no question about it. It was similar to the type of gift I got when I lost my job. What about you? I truly believe that being grateful for your ex is is a, a virtue that takes time and patience following your divorce. It, it is so painful and difficult and you're at your most vulnerable and hurt and scared and angry for the most part at that time. I have found that that's been the biggest key for my success. I can't speak to my ex, but for my ability to co-parent well is, and, I was so happy when I started using this technique of being grateful for our differences instead of resenting or being angry for our differences, which is usually the cause of the conflict. And it's not easy. And the the differences aren't always bridgeable. I understand that. But once I was started being able to be grateful specifically for the differences, it really opened up this opportunity for me to be thankful for who he is as a person and a parent and for what my children were getting. For example, we have very different 
beliefs about how to spend money versus being more frugal or spending more money on things or experiences. It's very different and it, and it can be very frustrating when we try to communicate and work out financial details. But once I was able to realize, you know what, I have my perspective, my approach with my kids and he has his and there's value in his as well. And my children get to have both. And the only bad part is the conflicts that we would have. Not that they have exposure to two different models. I don't think that's bad or confusing. I think that just shows them more. And when we experience differences to be grateful for those differences and what my children are getting. And also it's like a bank account. I feel that it's very important to deposit moments of gratitude so that you can lean into it when you're really frustrated with things. And, and so you can kind of store these moments in your mind and even write them down when your ex does something that you can be grateful for. Yeah. So my ex, after a long few months of being quarantined, he took the kids on a, on a big road trip when it was, he had them for the summer. And I consciously implanted that in my mind. I'm like, I am so thankful that they are out and about on the road, hiking, swimming in nature, rather than being home in front of a TV or uh, their screens for the whole summer. And I'm like, implant that and store it for when I'm not, I'm not feeling so thankful. And I think that that's an important practice. I, I, someone, somebody told this to me at some point in my divorce and it's so basic and simple, but really important to remember when you're having a hard time finding things to be grateful for. Maybe your ex's behavior, you find it really reprehensible and, and it's hard to find those moments, those gems that are teachable for your kids. At the end of the day, you co-parented and you created your children. So there's always something to be grateful for, even if their behavior right now is not something that you can be thankful for. And just coming back to that source of, you know, he or she gave me my children or we, we created something together and I'm thankful for that, if not anything else. But I think you also have to build it up like you were talking about. You have to build up kind of a, a, a bank account of gratitude in reflecting on a, on a regular basis too, right? Exes can make your lives easier if you build up a good relationship with them, right? Um, they will even offer you opportunities for just assistance in certain ways. And I'm certainly, I, I'm certainly thankful that for all the wonderful motherly ways that Tamar still takes care of the boys, there's no question about it. They have certain securities that she provides them, right? In really, really, really beautiful ways um, that I can't provide them. And so she takes care of that and I don't have to worry about that. And that takes a huge weight off my plate, right? She's still here, right? She wanted divorce, but she didn't run away. That says something, I think, right? Divorce doesn't always work out that easily for people. And then there's also the other, you know, contents of the gift that I've got as well. And even if I can't necessarily celebrate it now, right? And I don't really know what that looks like, right? Other than offering gratitude and saying thank you directly to her, right? But even if I couldn't necessarily celebrate it now in a way that a lot of other people would want, or even she that would want to at least acknowledge that there are different contents of that gift, right? The opportunity for deep and deep inner reflection that I've gotten um, from the divorce, right? Because I've had time away from my kids so I can actually think a thought and the time to actually just kind of have something to motivate me to really think a deep thought about my own life and who I was. We call that heat bow to doot. I don't know of a lot of other opportunities people have midlife to just kind of break away, right? From, you know, a routine to actually think something different about what's going on. 
in that same regard, there's also chuba that I've been able to do. I've been able to like find the mistakes that I've made and try to acknowledge them and take accountability and also learn from them. And from all that comes reinvention. I don't know a lot of people who get that 40 years old, right? Really see that as an opportunity. Marriage brings a routine. It brings a way of thinking about things, a way of living things. You break away from that, you have a chance to reimagine how you want to live certain things as well. And then there's love too. And having love come back into my life in different ways is so beautiful. It feels great. Write, write it down and put those in your mental gratitude bank account. They're already there in my diary. <laughs> Perfect. Dear Eleanor. <laughs> that is great. I have a question. Does Tamar listen to this podcast? You know? Uh, yeah, I think on occasion she does. Interesting. Yeah. Does your ex listen to the podcast? I have no idea. Have your children listened to the podcast? No. They don't, they, they don't listen to this kind of stuff. I'm not keeping it from them, but um, we have other podcasts to listen to as a family. Not the Jewish Divorce Project. Yeah, <laughs> and our carpool ride to school. <laughs> My kids are so afraid of listening to the podcast lest I share something about them. Oh, interesting. Maybe we should do an episode devoted entirely to talking about them. Just so they can, you know, like exposure therapy. And have something for their own therapist to talk about. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so I think our, our suggestion, our invitation is this week, the week of Thanksgiving, can you try and find something about your ex that you're grateful for? Can you, can you make a mental deposit in your, in your gratitude bank account? And I would add to that, can you also uh, find something to be grateful for in divorce? Even if it's not your ex that you can be grateful for, but can you be grateful for this new scenario? Even if it brings you a little bit of a little bit of darkness, is there still a gift involved in it as well? And if you can think about send it, send us your answers. We are send us your answers. You can um, find us at our contact information, the Jewish Divorce Project at gmail.com. We are on Instagram now and on Facebook, where we're just taking over the uh, social media world. And Noam yes. and my personal contact information is on our website, which is thejewishdivorceproject.com. You can reach out to either one of us uh, for more information about the work that we do. We are happy to hear from you. Yes, we are. Great conversation, Sheva. I love the question you posed, awesome. Thank you. I'm grateful for this podcast. I'm grateful for it too. I'm grateful for the conversation that we've had. I'm grateful for the relationship we've been able to build. The friendship here has been really wonderful. The idea, the opportunity to end this idea to bounce ideas from one another has been great. I'm also grateful for all of our listeners and people who uh, give us their time. I second that. Happy Thanksgiving, everyone. Happy Thanksgiving, everyone. Gobble, gobble, shalom. <laughs> <laughs>